This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, friends. This is Josie from Speaking in Church, the podcast you are currently listening to. And I wanted to tell you a little bit about my favorite current thing right now, which is Anchor. Ooh. Anchor is a free podcasting platform um it's the easiest way to make a podcast this dummy yours truly set it up real quick there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer which hello talk about easy you don't have to be some professional computer person which is dope anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on spotify apple Podcasts, and literally wherever else you want to put it uh, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, which, you know, some of us are just not going to get a million people listening, which is fine. Um, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you want to make your own podcast about literally anything like the two of us, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hi, friends. Welcome to Speaking in Church with me, Josie. And me, Spencer. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about the cool, the not so cool, the super weird youth group lock-ins. Also known as uh, overnighters. That's what my youth group called them. Or I think there's more names. Yeah, like just like youth sleepover sometimes they're like campouts, but they're like at the church still yeah. yeah anything that was like our church the big thing was invite your friends so it was like a evangelical outreach bring your friends to church we're gonna have a lock-in so yeah that's what we're gonna talk about today <laughs> i don't like that <laughs> <laughs> right off the bat just hey, parents, send your kids to the strange building with these strange people, but you can trust us because we are religious. <laughs> Again, this is why we're talking about this, because when you think about it, it's really weird. <laughs> and also, I don't think I would have questioned it either as a child. <laughs> oh, so no. to set the stage, um, how many lock-ins did you attend as a child and have you ever chaperoned them as a youth leader? <laughs> Uh, yes and yes. Um, <laughs> yes, I've attended. Yes, I've led or chaperoned. Um, as a kid, when you because we were part of Assemblies of God, I think it is, as growing up, we had this thing called Missionettes. It was like the Christian Girl Scouts, but Ooh. not really. <laughs> um, they tried to do the whole badge thing, but it wasn't like 
productive in any way. It was just like different religious milestones, I guess. Um, and he had like different age groups or whatever. And the boys had Royal Rangers. They did stuff like camping and shit. But so every year we would have this lock in where all the girls would sleep in the church. And it was the weirdest thing looking back on it. I mean, it was generally pretty wholesome because we had like a bonfire and shit. But we were, I think we were encouraged to bring friends. Um, I think the premise of a lock-in, like you said, is pretty wholesome, but there's weird, there's really weird things about it. Um, I, I attended a handful of overnighters, as my church called them. Uh, throughout middle school and high school they were always normally tied to some sort of event so like we always had like a new year's eve like lock-in we also had every year our town through this well the local christian radio station would throw a concert called jesus jam and they would bring in like christian bands and yeah they'd have a big concert at the civic center and then our church would hold a lock-in and they used to tell us like invite all your friends to jesus jam whether they come to church or not and then bring them to the lock-in. So I would invite friends normally like that went to other churches and said, Hey, like you're going to Jesus jam, come with me after to my church. We're having like an overnighter. It's going to be fun. And we do lots of things. Like you said, like we'd have a bonfire. Um, Jesus jam normally happened at the end of summer, beginning of the school year, which in Arizona was August. So it was normally still pretty hot. So we'd have like a giant hundred foot tarp slip and slide on the church lawn and we'd do slip and slide, which is weird because obviously, you know, bathing suits are an issue in the church for the way that girls dress and things like that. So that was another layer. Um, But yeah, overall, they were pretty wholesome in the way that they were brought up and I never chaperoned one. I, I did when I was doing ministry actively, I was in kids ministry or camp ministry. So we, I was like a camp counselor at a summer camp. And then also my elementary school kids, we did like overnight camp, like at forest home sort of things, but never chaperoned a lock-in. So please tell me about your experience as a lock-in chaperone. Yeah. Um, I was in college or post-college, post-college. My, one of my friends, our mutual friend, actually Becca was a youth pastor and she uh, asked me to be a youth leader, and I said, sure thing, girl. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. <laughs> um, I said yes. And so one of the events that we had was lock-ins. Um, and then I realized that maybe they're not as wholesome as I once believed them to be. Granted, ours are like a co-ed. Growing up, I only went to girls-only ones. Um and my kids, I love them. And if you're listening to this, I love you. But y'all were wild. Um, uh, and I mean, they've told they told us like crazy stuff that has happened within that group. And part of me was like, whatever, you can experiment, do what you want, as long as you're not hurting another human being. I don't care. <laughs> um, which is probably not the greatest attitude to have with teenagers, but whatever. Um, It was, I'm just, I'm a very much a strict youth leader. I'm a strict parent, as they said. I'm the one, I was the person that would say no to them all the time. And that was always frustrating because um, my other youth group leaders were more lenient than I was. 
Uh, and luckily we had two guys and two girls or ladies that were chaperoning. So it was pretty evenly split, but they were all weenies. And I always had to be the one to say <laughs> no. And I was pissed the whole time. It was annoying. Um, I think it's as a youth group leader, it's just more stressful than anything. Yeah. Like, I don't understand why we continue to do this. Give up our well-earned <laughs> sleep to hang out with a bunch of teenagers. Honestly, that's something that, as I grew up, like, went to college, and, you know, you go back and, like, visit your old youth leaders, like, they would just talk about stuff like that of, like, nothing good happens after three o'clock in the morning, so, like, why are we here? What are we doing? Um, and so, like, just kind of to set the stage, if you've never been to a church lock-in, um, so Josie said that she only ever went to ones that were, like, just, like, boys go with the boys, girls with the girls, I only ever went to co-ed overnighters lock-ins and it was always middle school to high schoolers. So it's run by the youth group and basically they open up the church and they play games. There's usually a bonfire and worship and s'mores. Some sort of Bible lesson is thrown somewhere throughout the night because, you know, we always got to bring it back to Jesus. Um, But mostly it's a lot of weird games, honestly, really gross games, normally involving food, which is a whole other issue. (laughs) And, um, yeah, you basically like for my church, it was a way to sort of evangelize of bring your friends to this concert and then bring them back to the church and we're going to party all night. Or if it's new year's Eve, like, Hey, like it was, and this is where it comes into the wholesome, like a good thing of, they know that kids want to go out and party. And so, Hey, why not have them come party at the church instead of go party with their friends and get into things they shouldn't, which I totally understand. I wasn't a party kid in high school, not even just lack there of access, but it was really just because I, that wasn't my scene. I didn't want to like drink or anything like that. I had friends that did and that was cool. But so for me, I was like, yeah, like why not go to the church and like hang out? Um, and so, yeah, I really enjoyed them in youth group. Like they were super fun. I always invited my friends, but there were moments during them where I was like, wow, this is wild. Cause like I said, nothing good happens after three o'clock in the morning. And it's really hard to sleep on the floor of the church when there's middle schoolers screaming all night because they've drank 10 Mountain Dews or um, they've had 30 slices of pizza and then they serve nachos at two o'clock in the morning. Like all of that just sounds terrible to me. <laughs> yeah, I um, was definitely the kid that would fall asleep because I've always been the person to fall asleep at 9 p.m. <laughs> so it was not a fun experience for me in that sense. Because sometimes these girls were mean. They'd wake me up. That was the extent of how mean they were. But they would wake me up, and that's pretty mean. I think um, I think that's, like, something that's kind of strange of. There's a level of, depending on how, I don't know how large your church was, but my church was a giant building like our sanctuary could fit like I think a thousand people in it and um it was two stories so downstairs you had the lobby that had like the big cafe area that was connected to like the industrial kitchen because my church was also a Christian school so it had tons of hallways full of classrooms and they would block off certain hallways we couldn't go down but they would use some of the classrooms for like sleeping areas and then upstairs you had more Bible study classrooms, and then you had the giant, like, kids worship sanctuary, and then the big youth worship sanctuary, so it's a very large building, and like I said, out on our lawn, we'd have, like, a hundred foot slip and slide, and the lawn was huge, and there's a parking lot, and it's right in 
if you're unfamiliar with um, like farm area in Yuma, Yuma is a really big farm town and it was right on the edge of what we call the county. So it's outside of the city in the counties or in the farm area. So all around the church, like there's just farmland of open fields. There is a couple neighborhoods and there's like a busy street, but really it's pitch black and there's farmland. And so that just seems scary because God forbid kids just want to run out there. Um, and so, yeah, there was just a lot, even with the amount of chaperones we had, there was a lot of gray area of easily kids could be without a chaperone and not even just the issue of like, oh my gosh, they're going to go make out, but there's just creates a space of like for bullying or just other like mean things to happen. And so it was pretty wild. Um, one time our youth group put a bounce house in the church lobby and they've done that a few times after since I've like grown and moved to college. So again, that just to give you the frame of how big this church building is that they open up for kids and just say, go wild. Yeah. My church logins were not that fancy. <laughs> we were a little church in the hood. <laughs> um, the most, the most exciting thing we had was a bonfire. And um, I mean, that was enough. We had s'mores. So what more does a kid need than s'mores? Which is um, the same vibe that we had when we were, um, when I was a youth group leader. We just watched movies and told them to shut up and go to sleep. So I guess my, the one question that I kind of ask is, from your perspective, and I'll share mine too, but what do you think the point of a lock-in is? Like, what the heck is this for? I don't know. I honestly just think it's something that christians have always done and will always do for the sake of always having done them and i mean i guess it's just a sleepover kids like sleepovers maybe i just have a different perspective because i like sleeping in my own bed (laughs) and i'm more of a one-on-one type of hangout person as opposed to a group i don't know it just seems like a lot more work than it's worth (laughs) okay so yeah that's something that I was doing just sort of reading of what different youth pastors think and what different articles have said. And basically there's kind of two points that I see. One's like good, like we should keep doing them. And one's like, this is bad. We need to stop it. And to to just sort of start off with the good and highlighting what they set up. It's a lot of work, but it's this holy work of, yeah, it can be used like as uh, a form to like, evangelize like invite your friends and stuff like that but some churches don't let you invite your friends some of them it's really just like youth group and this youth pastor kind of just highlighted how it brings the youth group together in a way that it wouldn't normally because even if like so the youth group I grew up in Wednesday nights were worship night from sixth grade to high school and even some college kids would come and they'd kind of sit in their own groups you wouldn't have sixth graders sitting with high schoolers or anything like that but when you come to a lock-in you play like these team games and these activities and you have middle schoolers and high schoolers and then like college age youth leaders and adult youth leaders all coming together and playing on these teams or just learning these lessons together and you hear the bible story together and everybody shares and so it makes a sort of camaraderie in this community even stronger which I can definitely see and I can highlight if that's the way that you're framing this. If that's your intention when going into this of, I want to build a community and a camaraderie among my students of all ages and through these activities and through like a Bible message, totally can see that and how it's done and totally think, yeah, like that's something that's really good. 
But then on the negative side, there's exactly what you said. It involves so much work. And I know from my perspective of the youth group I grew up in, a lot of money to be able to turn on the lights for the church. And like I said, we'd have a slip and slide or all these games and food. Like you have to have money for that. So it's a lot of money. It's a lot of work. And you're asking a lot of people, you're asking your volunteers to not just give up two or three hours, but a whole like 12 to 18 hours of their time because you know, they get there, they get there maybe at like, if the, if it starts at six o'clock, they're going to get there between four and five set up, get everything ready. Kids come at six and then pick up the next days at like seven or 8am. Like you're asking so much of them to give up. You're not going to be able to sleep because you have to chaperone. You're going to deal with kids that want to go home because their stomach hurts because they eat too much junk food. Like you're dealing with so much. And then again, I said, like I said, there's so much gray space for just bad things to happen that can be really scarring for people, especially if you're using it as like an evangelizing tool. You have this kid come that's maybe never even been to a youth group and there's like so much overstimulation and then you want them to come back to your worship on Wednesday and it's nothing like that. That's really a weird space to be in. <laughs> yeah, I definitely don't agree with using it as an evangelizing tool. I feel like that's really dangerous. Um, well, one, I guess I just don't believe in evangelizing in general. Um, but yeah, I, I understand the money aspect that you're talking about because kids are so easily entertained. I don't know if you have to spend that much money. Because, I mean, growing up, we just had pizza and mm-hmm. watched a movie and whatever. And I, th- and I think that, like, shows – I think that's also based on the size of the youth group, you know? Because, like I said, my my youth group standalone, like, I think about when we'd go to camp, there'd be, like, anywhere between – depending on the year, like, 50 to 70 kids we'd go to high school camp with, and those were just high schoolers. So then you add in all the – you know, like the, the middle school kids, and then they start inviting their friends. I did go in, in my small town. I went to probably the largest church in the city. It wouldn't be considered a mega church in our sort of California circle by any scheme. But if you're looking at that small town, it's probably as close to a mega church as you could get. There was one other church that was pretty similar in size. So yeah, I think it depends of if you have a smaller youth group, that's 15 kids, you can get you know, three little Caesars and some chips and soda and you're cool. But then at ours, it was so much food. There's, and again, it's still relatively cheap food, but little Caesars and nachos and soda and juice and all this stuff. Plus they gave us breakfast in the morning. And so, yeah, there's just a lot of planning involved and more money than you would think. And I just think the bigger the church, the more potential there is for some bad youth group leaders, bad people to have advantages that they wouldn't normally have. You know what I'm saying? Like sexual misconduct can happen so readily. And I mean, we've heard how many times have we heard of yeah. youth group leaders being the perpetrators of sexual harassment, let alone molestation, mm-hmm. um, which and is I, not, I don't know, you know, not to say that you should be scared of that at all times, but kind of. <laughs> well, and also just the the idea of it's not even you know, it's, it can be something as small as like playing pranks on kids that are just inappropriate. Like those can be something that's so damaging. And then like you said, it can escalate all the way into something as bad as like sexual misconduct. And I think that is something that needs to be evaluated 
and again, I want to come back to, I think like growing up my youth leaders, there was no, like, there was no harmful intentions in, in hosting an all nighter. Like these were all like, this is a great idea, way to bring kids together. And I think overall I had really great experiences, but I, I just know from friends or just from hearing other people's stories at their church of not all of them had great experiences at events like this. Um, and I think even bringing around to our LGBTQ friends of it's a really weird space of this room is just for the boys to sleep in. This room is just for the girls to sleep in. LGBTQ teenagers try so hard to, especially if they're open about their sexuality, they have to try so much harder to not be seen as creepy by their friends, which is just wrong in and of itself because of our warped view of sexuality. And so you have this group of girls that they all have to sleep together. They're going to go change in the bathroom or anything. If you have a girl that's in, that's open about her sexuality, you know, maybe she's bisexual or maybe she's a lesbian, like that creates such an awkward dynamic of even almost a turning away of, well, I don't want to go to the all-nighter because I'm forced to just be in this space with these girls and they might see me a certain way. Or, and on the flip side too of maybe an openly gay boy is also feeling the same way. And so I think that's kind of weird too of I've heard of, you know, I've heard of youth groups where it was like, oh, we didn't have separate rooms. Like if you wanted to sleep, everybody just slept in the sanctuary. And there was always a youth leader in there, like just doing whatever, like so they could watch. And I was like, yeah, like I get that. Everybody just kind of sleeps in the same area. But then there's also the like, I don't know, like it's just really hard because like you said, if given the opportunity, like people will do what they're going to do no matter what, no matter how much oversight you think you have, like somebody's going to find a way to do something bad. (laughs) Right. And I think you can get the same level of bonding without the sleepover, like just have an all day event or yeah, exactly. Or wait for the summer camp or mm-hmm. winter camp or whatever where there's a lot more systems in place and kids are more threatened with going home or whatever <laughs> <laughs> i think yeah it's just a different dynamic you know yeah i also i don't know another thing that i kind of think about is the sort of the idea of like So we talk about the games, like, I don't know what kind of games you played at your youth group, but ours normally were like some sort of gross food game. Like we're going to mix all this together and you have to eat it like fear factor style. And like, obviously as a teenager, like, yeah, I thought that stuff was funny. It was kind of gross, but growing up and going to college and just learning about like different systems and things like that of one thing that I learned taking one ministry classes, like youth group classes, and then also like social work classes of not using food as a game, because you may have students that are facing food insecurity. And it's almost like throwing food away at that point of that, that thing that you're like, oh, we're gonna mix like cereal and soda and then grape jelly and you have to eat it like they see that as like, wait, that's perfectly good food that like my family could use. So why are we doing that? And then it also brings into, it also brings up like, you can buy something at the store for a game because you think it's gross, but maybe that's something that's a staple in that student's family. Like something like spam, for example. I know a lot of youth group games will use that of, they just put out a thing of spam and you're supposed to eat it raw and who can do it the fastest. And people are like, oh, that's so gross. But there's a lot of cultures that that's just a staple food for them. 
And so you're using this as a game because you think it's gross. And that kid is like sitting there like, well, I don't want to tell people like that's something my family eats all the time. And I think it's great. I fucking love spam, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Honestly, like fried spam and eggs. Yum. Mm. Oh, yeah. What did I play? I'm trying to think. We, I don't think we played a lot of games. It was a lot of singing because we were more charismatic on our side. <laughs> And there's a bonfire, they're singing. I don't even know. There's also. I think we played games in the lock ins that I hosted, other than like we had a pool table. <laughs> we played pool. So you guys would just like watch movies? Yeah, I think so. Would you watch church movies or was it just any sort of movie? The ones that we led, no, we watched any sort of PGG movie. We obviously didn't show them Deadpool, but. <laughs> uh, I remember going to a, a lock-in at my friend's church, actually. And she had, she went to a smaller church. So there was maybe about 20 kids at this lock-in. And one of the games we played, which again, I thought was really weird, is we, we got, everybody piled into like the youth leaders' cars and we drove to the Walmart down the road and they gave us $5 and we had to buy the most stuff for $5. But it wasn't like individual items. It was like, if you bought a bag of rice, we're going to count the grains of rice or like, oh, we bought a box of 5,000 staples. And so we played that. And again, it's like 11 o'clock at night. We're in Walmart. Um, and I just think of like, wow, that sounds like a really bad idea. <laughs> Let's take a bunch of high schoolers and middle schoolers, drop them off at Walmart and just let them run around the store at 11 o'clock at night while these poor employees are like, what the hell is happening? Um, but so that was a game we played and a game we played at that church was we played a game called sardines, which if you've never played sardines, it's where one person hides and everybody else tries to find them. And when you find them, you hide with them and you're trying to be the last, you don't want to be the last person looking. You want to be in the sardine pile and we played that at her church, and I thought that was super fun. So the next time I went to my church, I was like, oh, my gosh, like asking the youth pastor, can we play sardines? I played this at my friend's church, and it was really fun. And then being like, no, we're not playing sardines because kids are just going to make out. Like jumping to conclusions so like quickly of like we don't have faith that our students are going to do the right thing. Like we're not going to play sardines. And also, I was it makes out during sardines when you know you're going to get caught. Honestly, yeah, I'm like, the whole point of the game is people are looking for you. So why, why are you going to make out? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. But I just remember, like, being, like, almost taken aback of, like, wait, we can't play a game because you don't trust us. Like, I think that right there is also something of, like, you're going to host these events. Like, you want to build camaraderie with your students. Like, why not trust them? Like, why not build trust and show them, like, yeah, like, we can do things like this. So I think, yeah, that's kind of weird, too. <laughs> I know, yeah. This whole trust aspect is kind of weird because you trust your kids in some things, but you don't trust them in other things. Mm -hmm. But you always end up not being trusted in the completely opposite. I don't know. That is weird. And I, I think just another thing with lock-ins, especially because I went to co-ed ones, of what I touched on earlier of, like, girls in swimsuits, like, there's just a whole other dynamic of you have to bring, like, the modesty factor into it of girls had to have modest swimsuits like everybody had to make sure they were having like modest pajamas like which I understand like you can't 
walk around like in short shorts and a spaghetti strap with like your bra off. Like I understand that, but there's also an aspect of like when you go shopping for pajamas, like shorts are made a certain way. Like all pajama shorts are cut a certain style and things like that. And so it's like a hard bargain of like, okay, like I get really hot when I sleep and it's kind of hot at the church, but I can't wear my shorts. So I'm going to have to wear these like Tweety Bird pajamas. Like, here you go. And so I think that just adds another layer. And I think that's hard too, because I think another part of the all-nighter was sort of this, so like, oh, like, let's see each other all the time. Like, girls, like, you don't have to wear makeup. Like, it's fine. Like, we're in our pajamas. We're playing games. Like, heck no. Those girls were, like, doing their makeup all night, especially if their boyfriend went to that church. They were, like, gotta look on point. And it just brings into that sort of another unhealthy aspect of, like, you can't let your guard down. Like, you have to be on it. And then you're staying up all night. People are getting cranky. There's people fighting that are supposed to be best friends. Like, it's like a recipe for disaster. Yeah. I, I don't remember ever saying anything when I was a youth group leader in my lock-in, like telling people that they had to dress a certain way. And I don't remember, nobody was dressed inappropriately. So I don't know why people make such a big deal about it because I feel like people's default is to not be, feel exposed, you know? Yeah. I also almost, I think it almost is like too of the more you focus on it, the more they focus on it. And then there's also the more people want to push boundaries. You know what I mean? Oh, 100%. I'm one of those people. I want to push every (laughs) boundary set before me. And I think just going back to of like, it sets up this unhealthy, it sets up an unhealthy expectation for ministry. Because I think one thing that again, I, it's different for everybody. And I am just really passionate about, like, I enjoyed my time in youth group. Like there were some things that looking back on, like, were not the best for me personally, but overall, like I had a good experience. I was really connected with the youth leaders and the youth pastors and my friends and I enjoyed it. But there also is, like I said, there's that unrealistic expectation of like going to summer camp and getting all crazy and then coming home and it not being that way. I think a a church lock-in or an all-nighter sets that same tone because it's fueled by these games and this junk food and all of this excitement. And then it's like, okay, we're going to go outside and make s'mores and we'll sing some worship songs, which is fine. And then we're going to do like a 10 minute Bible lesson. And then we're going to get right back into the games. And then you have kids come to youth group when it's not like that. Maybe you'll play one game, but then it's majority like Bible lesson and worship. And they're like, what the heck? Like, this isn't fun anymore. I don't want to come. And so I'm like, okay, if the point is you want kids to come to youth group, you want them to bring your, their friends, like you want them to experience the love of God. Like, then I think things like this set up that unhealthy example. Yeah. And again, you don't need the sleepover aspect. You can just do that during the day. Honestly, I feel like it'd be more fun during the day. I remember days where we would just do like pool parties or fun like during the summer. A pool party, Josie. What are you talking about? I don't know know why I brought that up. Our pool parties were all so annoying. Girls had to wear these giant t-shirts and shorts and boys didn't have a shirt on and oh no, it was the worst. worst. Gender roles and purity culture are not fair. (laughs) That's a topic for another time, ladies and gentlemen. Amen. Not right now. No. Um, Again, circling back, I think some people might think this topic is dumb of like, who cares about church lock-ins, blah, blah, blah. 
But I think honestly, like, that's just something that you grow up in the church. And like Josie said, like, you just expect it. It's something that's part of the normal culture. Everybody does it. But maybe there's something about it that needs to be reconsidered and that needs to be thought about from a different way because I think events like this can be really fun and they can be great for your ministry. But again, there's a lot of little things that kind of just don't make sense and need to be reevaluated just so they can they can be they can be the tool for ministry that you want them to be. Whether it be you want more kids to come to your youth group or you want to build camaraderie between the students you already have like it needs to be executed in a way that is sustainable not just a hey let's have a big fun event and then two weeks from now none of these kids are ever going to come back it's also we have to accept the fact that it's weird as fuck (laughs) like just a giant sleepover with a bunch of gross ass kids Mm -mm -mm. that's weird none of them like most of them haven't learned how to fully bathe themselves yet yes hormones and just odors and just oh gosh some of them haven't been taught what deodorant is or they haven't accepted deodorant for the beautiful thing that it is it's just it's so gross gross. i think also too of just realizing like there's so much like so much mess happens at a lock-in that i don't know who exactly cleans it up i mean i've seen like yeah like they make kids clean up or like youth youth leaders clean up or whatever but i also know that like the janitorial staff at our church had to clean up a lot of that stuff and I just want to apologize to them because god kids are gross <laughs> yeah my mom growing up in our hood church she was the janitor she was the cleaning lady and she hated that weekend the week the week after mm-hmm. it was the worst because I don't know even the adults don't always have respect for the janitorial staff right yeah kids are so gross it's very gross yeah. <laughs> um yeah i don't know what else to say about lock-ins other than gross me neither um well friends thank you for listening full disclosure i am in a you could probably tell that i'm in a very weird mood um yeah fuck it i'll tell you why my so i'm in a weird mood and i'm a little down because my cousin was murdered last week oh no i mean yes oh no and we were close so i'm a little down because of that so excuse my moroseness but i'm not too sad to say that kids are gross (laughs) thanks for sharing that with with us your community josie um and so I just, I just ask that if you're the praying type, send her family some prayers. If you're the vibes type, send them some vibes. Whatever your prerogative, whatever your spiritual journey, you know, send prayers, well wishes, good thoughts, all of that to Josie and her family because I, it's just something unimaginable. And I just am grateful that you would share that with us and that you'd be willing to have this lame conversation. You know, honestly, it cheers me up a little bit. You know, <laughs> I woke up really bummed out. And now I feel a little better thinking about how gross kids are. I'm not going to stop saying (laughs) how gross kids are. (laughs) And just, if you're wondering, this is sort of going to be a continued conversation that we do. We will have guests come on to talk about, but we'll also talk about ourselves. And overall, we're just going to talk about kind of weird church culture, weird things that happen in youth group, weird things that happen in Bible college, weird things that just 
the church in general kind of just takes as norm and we're going to talk about why is this the norm when it's actually really weird so that was just kind of the introductory of talking about lock-in something light-hearted um that josie wanted to participate in um it also this conversation started because of a tiktok that's been going around um mm-hmm. we'll we'll i'll find a link and i'll post it on our social media so you can watch this tiktok because it's honestly hilarious and um yeah i want to hear your comments on it so yeah follow us at speaking in church at speaking in church on instagram um and email us i would love to get people's lock-in stories like their funny lock-in stories yes. maybe we'll, we'll make a bonus some. episode about them <laughs> uh, so email us um speaking in church at gmail.com we follow would, us on twitter yeah speaking church because twitter sucks with the account the yes character counts on usernames uh i am yes. on instagram at josie takes the world and twitter I'm on josie takes the no world oh yeah again twitter doesn't like all the letters <laughs> yeah i'm on twitter or i'm on instagram at spencer rose with on one r so s-p-e-n-c-e-r-o-s-e at spencer rose and I'm on Twitter at Snowble, S-N-O-B-L-E underscore. It's my maiden name, Snowble underscore. And <laughs> follow us, tweet at us. We want to hear your funny lock-in stories. And we also want to hear just other weird church culture. What happened to you in youth group that was supposed to be really normal and then you grew up and we're like, what the hell happened? <laughs> yeah, give us some topic ideas. If you want to be on the podcast, even if you don't know us, we would love to have you and talk shit or not talk shit if you're not as aggressive as me yes remember that we also want great stories so if if by some miracle your friend invited you to a lock-in and you like met the lord and it changed your life i want to hear about it but i also want to hear about your friend dipping your toe in jam while you slept you know i want to listen what to that kind the of stuff. Fuck? <laughs> never heard that uh, yeah let us know we will catch you next week and the week after that and the week after that with the lord's favor amen we love you guys we'll see you all on social media love you stay woke get woke bye, bye. Love you.